0: episode of the Stop, Pause, Think, Now app podcast, The Conversations That Matter with me, Joanne Gravelar, and this week's guest, Darcy Webb. Let me tell you about Darcy. An award-winning voice and speech teacher, she has been helping actors, performers, corporate executives, authors, and speakers use their voices to connect with audiences around the world with power, eloquence and heart for over two decades as a former associate professor of voice and speech at the university of arts and current member of the performance faculty at drexel university darcy has worked with hundreds of new and seasoned performers to make their words resonate with clarity precision and confidence and she has also served as head of vocal training for heroic public speaking and as vocal and performance coach for tedx cambridge Her love of language is contagious. And her favorite words, now I'm going to get, I'm going to maybe get this wrong. So audience, forgive me, Miss Darcy, will correct me. Diaphanous, which I believe is something to do with light and delicate. Ephemeral, which is lasting for a short time. And squat. And she's really grooving the word obstreperous these days, which I believe is noisy and difficult to control, which I totally jam with. (laughs) Darcy is partner and co-founder of the Savvy System of Singing and Acting, a practical approach for the singing actor to building essential skills necessary for optimum performance on stage and screen. Darcy, welcome. (laughs) Oh, Joe, I'm so
1: happy to be here. Thank you so much for inviting me. I have to tell you, I love hearing you read my bio. It, it just, <laughs> it makes it sound so official. I think I'm going to have you do my phone answering service from now on. You
0: sound great. Oh, um, yes. From a, from my vocal coach that I take that as a huge compliment. I did my vocal ups beforehand, Darcy. Good, me too. <laughs> okay. I'm glad to ask you a question. This love of words, how did I do on pronunciation?
1: Oh, Perfect. <laughs> perfect ephemeral diaphanous and squat and obstreperous i love Ugh.
0: obstreperous
1: look it has lots of consonants in it that that really describe what that means i mean when you say obstreperous and you use those consonants
0: the word's pretty obstreperous i love that word that yes i i love to be obstreperous yes yeah, see now, tell me about this. Like, do you focus on certain words at certain times? Is that how you help with your learning and growth?
1: Yeah. Well, I do. Well, I just love words. I re, I um I love words, and I think that people, uh, uh, certainly in America, people do are not aware of. Uh, many people are not aware of the beauty of language and and the power that's in each word when you choose your words carefully and that's hard and i'm not talking about writing i'm talking about even when you're speaking and it it helps to bring a heightened awareness to your to what's coming out of your mouth in order to choose your words a little more carefully i'm doing it right now i'm you know i'm just I'm more conscious of what's coming out of my mouth because I'm paying attention to those words, words that make beautiful sounds, words that that, that convey the meaning of the sentence or the thought. Oh, that so... Stop talking before I, you know, go on a rampage. So.
0: <laughs> you can rampage all you want. I, 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 just to keep the audience in the loop, I had the privilege – of working with Darcy last year, helping me with my own vocal performance and delivery. And it was probably, no, it was the real highlight of last year for me, Darcy.
1: Oh, thank you. Thank you. I love this work. I love it so much. And every time I think I want to do something else, like I think, oh, I really want to decorate. Maybe I'll become a decorator or, oh, maybe I'll just go... Become a performer again, or maybe I'll sing some more. And I always come back to voice and speech because um, I don't know. I think I blame it on my third grade, uh, my third grade teacher.
0: <laughs> well, we're going to talk today about your stop pause thing now at moments in your life and career because. Mm as I think you're aware, that is the basis, the tenets of the programme that I put in my leadership team and corporates that I work with and individuals. And it's about identifying and recognising these really important moments in our life and they become positive and negative. So we're going to talk, I am excited to talk through your moments, Darcy. Mm-hmm. I keep having to stop myself from calling you Miss Darcy because because when, when you were my teacher back, I used to have to think of myself as Miss Darcy. So I would not be Naughty Joanne in the classroom. <laughs> but I love Naughty Joanne.
1: I love Naughty Joanne. I love it when people feel free enough to... Express who they are inside i don 't want that nice joanne I know, I, I, I grew up but like a nice jo- I grew up a nice girl I was raised to be a nice girl, and it took me to, till I got to college to stop being nice
0: <laughs> it's so interesting we 're going to come on to that because I think let, actually let 's talk about it now it's a great right. moment for us to talk about it now. why do you think i know why I think this why do you think there is maybe a natural trait in women to think that we have to be nice and good.
1: I think that that is, I think that that is systemic in, and I think we're just starting to become aware of it in, you know, in our society. But for me, and I'm 67 years old and I, and I, and my mother was an older mother. She was an older mother to me. My siblings are so much older than I am. And I had to be a very polite young lady. And I had to look available to men, young men, but I had to behave in a very appropriate way because, you know, you can't be slutty and you can't be, you know, you can't look like, you know, you're not a good girl. And I had to talk a certain way, and I had to speak politely, and I wasn't allowed to take the last cookie off the plate. It took me a long time to be comfortable being who I really was. And it started in college, but it, that has been a, 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 that's been something I've been working on all of my life. And I'm 67.
0: Yeah. And I think that's it, isn't it? Like, even though I, you know, I know who I am, and i really stand in my power of who I am, mm-hmm. there was definitely a part of me that was like, Joanne, you have to behave yourself when you go in that room with Darcy. You, right. you need mm-hmm. to perhaps just hold it in, a, you know, just rein it in a little bit. And I think that's one. I think that also is because I also hold you in very high esteem, and I know I've got so much to learn from you, so so much, and I needed your help massively, and still do. Um, but it was definitely about being the compliant good girl more than anything else.
1: Yeah. <laughs> you know, I took a I took a, a workshop a couple of years ago. Every now and then I will dip in and take, some, take a workshop to kind of stay on top of things. And I was in a room of 30 other actors and I was studying with a woman named Patsy Rodenberg, who is British. I don't know, you might... You might, have rec- you might recognize that name. She wor- has worked with all of the Shakespeare greats, all of the, wow. the great English actors. And she comes, a couple, she comes to New York City a couple times a year and does workshops. And I had to work, and we're the same age. She and I are contemporaries. I had to work very hard in that four-day workshop not to be compliant and not to be fearful and not to be the good girl. It was hard because she was fierce, but I knew that if I could just be me, then I was going to get more out of that workshop and I was going to learn more and I was going to have a better relationship with the other people in that, in that room. And I was going to have a
0: better relationship with myself.
1: Yeah. That's the most important part. <laughs>
0: yeah. I mean, I think I'm not, you've hit on something there, Darcy, because I know those moments when we are. I know for me personally, I don't know if this is the same for you, when maybe I've gone to a meeting where, you know, I've talked a lot about how I've had to toe the line in the boardroom and how yeah. the consequences when I haven't. I wrote about a piece about it um, not long ago, and it's even forms part of my keynote of, you know, implications of not behaving in the boardroom. and I know those meetings, even to this day, on the very odd occasion, because it doesn't happen that often that I, you know, I don't behave in who I am. I come away feeling less than. You know what? I went for
1: um, kind of an interview. It was it was more, more of a meeting, but it was with this group of scientists, a small was it a group of scientists? It was going to be a group of scientists. I think I just met with one one man at, uh, over at the maybe the University of Pennsylvania. It was a few years ago. Yeah, and they wanted to train their teams to feel more comfortable when they were being interviewed, and and people and because they were a lot of them were um, introverts and they were spending a lot of time as thinkers and in their heads, they weren't really thinking about speaking or public speaking or or relating to other people or feeling comfortable in groups of people talking about their projects. So he wanted to know the kind of work that I did and how I would work with them. And I was trying to explain to him how I worked and finally I said, oh listen, let me show you. And here we are in a glass boardroom and there are people walking back and forth and he's you know very subdued and quiet and intellectual and looking at me with a little bit of skepticism. And the woman who had brought me in to meet him was kind of schooling me and and um, prepping me. And she was also very appropriate in a corporate setting. And I said, no, I got to show you. Here's what we do. And I got up in this boardroom on my feet and I did that vowel ladder that I teach joe remember the amazing vowel would and and for your listeners it it is a series of 15 vowel sounds goes all the way up the body i'm using various parts of the body there are hand gestures that help uh that you do because you it helps you remember the sound and the guy is looking at me like i've lost my nut but i thought i don't care Because if you don't like what I'm doing, then I can't walk in here and work with your team. I'm done with that, Joanne. I'm
0: tired of that. Yeah. Oh, you are speaking my language. I think I you know, I stand very much for now. And I think this comes with, I think this comes with having built our businesses and knowing who we are. We're we're able to go, Hey, you know what? I don't need to put, I don't need to perform in a certain way to get this gig. I'm now in a position to say, this is who I am. This is what you get. This is how we do things around here. And this is how I'm going to deliver in line with my promise to you, take it or leave it.
1: And not only is it who you are, but that is your gift that you yeah. are sharing with them. And not
0: everybody's gonna like that gift. Yeah. Oh, I, I've I've been on the end of not like of people not liking that gift
1: mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> in a very similar situation where I was brought in by a really fantastic female board member It was like, We need you, we need mm-hmm. your expertise around our boardroom table. And you and they were like, the other people around the boardroom table, you could say like, we really don't want you. Whether we need you or not, we don't want you. Um, and I think that's interesting is that I was not prepared to be compliant in a way that made me palatable for them.
1: Yeah. That's a very good way of putting it.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and I think that comes with age, doesn't it? Darcy? We can, it does. Yeah. I, I
1: could not do that before because I always had my mother's words ringing in my head.
0: Oh that's a whole of the podcast talking about our mothers oh, yeah. were drinking in our heads and being the good girls. <laughs> but the other thing
1: too and I, I I'd like to I always talk about this is uh Jane Fonda, the actress Jane Fonda, when she was young she did a film called Barbarella. Yes. I don't know
0: if Do you know this film? I I, do, I know of it and I know that she's famous for it.
1: Yes, and she appears throughout the film in very scanty costumes. I think she's from, I don't know, another planet. I've never seen the movie myself because I can't watch things like that because, you know, I'm a good girl. You know, it was a very old movie. And uh, I was not allowed to watch things like that. But she appears in this very, these very scanty costumes with high, high, high boots and high heels and talked like this. She talked like this through the whole movie. Shortly after that, she was cast in a film called Clute, where she played a prostitute in, I don't know, maybe LA, maybe New York City, one of the big cities. And her voice dropped down into where mine is now. And it's her authentic voice. Yeah. And when we, and, and, and suddenly all things changed for her. And she talks about that. She actually talks about that. She, there's a there's a documentary or a um it's, it's something that she put together it's on Netflix and it's quite wonderful and it's one of the things that she talks about was how she made that transition from that high voice which is not her voice down to her authentic sound and it has never left her and when we are talking on our authentic voice then we feel most comfortable and we know we are telling the truth we and we We're able to stand for who we are.
0: yes. Oh, I I wish we could high five and hug right now. I know. (laughs) Me too. Yeah. Oh, let's, oh, this is just, this is just pure gold, Darcy. I would not expect anything less from you, but, you know, when you know what it's like when you get on to have a conversation and I I was saying to my team, Darcy's going to be good. Now I'm going to be like messaging after doing this. He was great. (laughs) Thank you. So let's talk about your stop moment, the stop moment that you, and I loved actually what you wrote in this. So tell me what you recognize as being your stop moments or your many stop moments. Walk us through what your thoughts around that now.
1: Yes. I call them stuck moments, not stop moments. I get stuck a lot. And you know, when you talk, when I talk to other people, when I talk to my colleagues or my friends, they never seem to get stuck. They never seem to, to be stopped. And the pandemic has really stopped me. I think it has stopped a lot of people. And yeah. I feel stuck. I feel stuck right now. Um, I am currently... <laughs> It has allowed me to think it has allowed me to pause i have done very little um but i'm starting to crawl back uh, uh, as of just a couple of days ago i'm starting to you know get back up and get on my feet and do what i need to do which is to record my online video course What i know is um It's going to be really useful, and it's it's going to it's going to be very helpful for a lot of people. Um, But but I have to tell you, it has been I've been stuck, and I've been I have um, yeah, it's been tough.
0: So Darcy is just so taking ten steps back and looking at Mm -hmm. knowing you know I I know we only know that that snapshot of that person that we've experienced in that certain setting. So my perception of you, and we all have different perception windows, is that possibly you are somebody that, you know, cherishes that movement, being on the go. Um, Would that be correct? Would that Yes. Yeah. Do you know when I get stuck, Joanne?
1: When? When I'm frightened. Yeah. I get stuck when I'm scared. I get stuck when here's the thing. The pandemic has made me feel old. The pandemic has made me feel not worthy. Um, th- and these are bad moments, right? I mean, yeah. that's not We're, how I feel 24-7. Yeah. But but it but it has uh, it has been very hard to maintain my forward movement. Right. Um, and I do like to be on the go, not mm, not so much so that I drive myself crazy, but I always like to be moving forward. And I yeah. haven't been able to do that. I, I have felt old and I feel like I'm getting out of shape and flabby. And it's really important that I get up every morning and I meditate and I, and I, and I um, do my yoga and I go for a run and I schedule talks with people and I warm up every day. And if I don't, I'm a mess. And there are some days where I cannot get up off that sofa and I let myself do that.
0: Good for you. And I think that's it. When I I think about watching you in a room, you are just somebody who has this beautiful fluid movement. It's very purposeful movement, very intentional movement. And again, that's my perspective of you. Thanks. So... I can only imagine when somebody goes, like, with the pandemic, and, you know, this is it, Darcy. You've got to stay here and that you've got to just work within this little space.
1: Yeah. There's something about working on Zoom. I keep saying to people, we can continue to make that connection over Zoom. It doesn't matter that there's a screen there. It doesn't matter that there. it's just the camera we're talking to. We can we can convey our our heart energy our love energy right through the ethernet i'm not really sure i believe that but that's my fervent wish and i do feel oftentimes like i'm contained in this little box and more and more when i'm coaching people on zoom i'm not just working with their voice and speech. I'm looking at their surroundings. I'm looking at their background and making adjustments to their background. I'm helping them move, use the, coach them to use their upper body and use their hands in a way that's um, that's uh helpful for expressing their their, their thoughts and their ideas. You know, if you just sit in front of the zoom camera and you you sit on your hands or you watch people on the other end of that zoom camera, it's, it's a little odd and exhausting because you know, they don't move their body. They don't move their face. They don't move their hands. And if you just, if you create a little space and create a little breath within that um, small box of the computer screen, I think it's a little less tiring for the people who are on the receiving end.
0: It's that thing that we've been taught as speakers and people who, uh, you know, we, we present and we, you know, present information that we have to, we still have to be engaging on Zoom. Yeah. I think so many people, it, I, I was chortling, um, that's a good word, chortling, isn't it? I don't think oh, I've I used that, that word sure. plural. <laughs> Steve, look at you encouraging my vocab in a different direction. Great. I was chortling to myself about an influencer, quote, unquote, telling us how well we should be doing Zoom well. And I'm like, yeah, we've been using it for the last six years. Thanks. But, you know, some of us are like, you know, have had to master that skill a long time ago. And I think it's really interesting to see people who have not done work on presentation skills, speaking Mm -hmm. skills. And it's that it can be very flat. And I think that's where people are literally getting Zoom fatigue.
1: Yeah.
0: Whereas we've all, you know, you and I know we've bounced from meeting to meeting to meeting and the energy of that. And that is because um, people have forgotten. I feel that people have forgotten to show up on Zoom the same yeah. way as they would do in person and have that beautiful exchange of energy that helps each other. I agree. It, it, I, was, I was coaching somebody last week
1: and she said, I just feel so flat and I said, well, you're speaking really well, but let's see what we can do to create some presence on uh, while you're on this camera, while you're in that box. And we just moved a thing or two around behind her. And I said, you know, you can use your chair. You don't have to stay in your chair the whole time. Why don't you get up and lean on your chair and make a couple of points and then go and sit back down. And what it's going to do is... Is create um, variety. We, yeah. we there, when I know in my introduction that you gave that lovely introduction. Thank you very much. Yeah. You talked about um, how I am a co-founder and partner of Savvy, which is a savvy system of singing acting, which is actually my husband's brainchild, and he's written a book about it. And Savvy is an acronym. S-A-V-I, for Specificity, Authenticity, Variety, and Intensity.
0: Oh, can I just say, I just got goof, goosebumps.
1: Yeah, it's pretty amazing. It's how we teach musical theater performers to sing well. And it is what I walk into every lesson and every voice and speech studio with, because you have to be specific about the way you speak and the way you are pronouncing each word and specific about what you're saying. You have to tell the truth. You have to be authentic. That means you find your authentic sound inside you. Variety. People don't want to watch the same things or hear the same things. You and I, when we talk, we have a lot of vocal variety. Do you hear it? It's musicality, right? People I love need it. to hear that. And intensity. That doesn't mean you have to be intense all the time, but intensity also is the the it means to intend, right? The root word is intend. Intention. Yeah. So you gotta mean what you say. Uh, Too so much blah 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 going on out
0: there. No, this is gold. <laughs> you know, audience, if you have been struggling with Zoom. Press pause, rewind a little bit, go and listen to that last section Darcy talked about of how to improve your on-camera zoom delivery. It is gold.
1: Yeah, it's pretty great. It really is great, and it it dictates the way I teach and the way my husband teaches all the time.
0: Darcy, let's now talk about you identified. You know these stop moments, these moments that you've experienced throughout your life. You know these pauses these fear moments where you've got stuck and in your notes in your briefing notes she told me about you know there have been a few times where you've gone under or down the rabbit hole you oh. know you've doubted your skills and gifts mm-hmm. yeah tell me yeah. you gave me some really interesting insight about what you thought you might want to do instead of doing what you do oh I will <laughs> I don't
1: remember what I said but I have these thoughts all the time Sometimes I think I want to be a postal worker.
0: Yes, yeah, she said that. <laughs> so because I think somebody will tell me what to do then. Yes, that's so interesting. Can I just tell you, I have, I think you... I, you've just talked about something in your briefing notes that I, these was this moment. So before I started recording the podcast audience with Darcy, I was saying, I read your briefing notes and I think I've read the most authentic briefing notes that I've ever had in recording my podcast. (laughs) And so thank you for that. But it made me, it reminded me that when I have my moments Darcy, I want to be a midwife. (laughs)
1: Oh, that, oh gosh, that's so much better than a postal worker. (laughs) No
0: no No offense to the postal workers out there, but. And you did, can I just remind you, you did say a welder as well, which I think is very phenomenal. Yeah.
1: Yes. Well, I know a young woman who's a welder, and I think she's really quite centered and happy with her job. But of course, she doesn't work for anybody. She does work for herself. So uh, it's hard to work for yourself. It's hard to, to. to stay motivated and to, to understand that um, people really need what you have to offer. And, um, you know, I, the, the work that I do is sometimes it's really hard for me to understand. In my good days, I understand everybody needs it. Mm -hmm. And in my bad days, I think, what difference does it make? And that's when I want to deliver mail because everybody needs to get their mail and there's a, bo- and I have a boss. I,
0: I don't always want to be my boss. Well, that's so interesting that you say that. Cause I was thinking when I was prepping for this session is what, how did you transition from being a professor? And I have a sense like of having a, a boss or a leader. to owning your own business and, and being out there on your own, talk us through what that transition was like for you, Darcy. I was teaching at the university of the
1: arts and, and I was, I wasn't there full time. I was there two or three times a week. And so I had this other, you know, I had extra time and people wanted to study with me. Um, and, and I, you know, I just, I didn't, I didn't like I've never enjoyed being told what to do. I don't want anybody to tell me what to do. <laughs> Sometimes I do when I'm just too lazy to tell myself what to do. When you want to be
0: a postal worker.
1: <laughs> but when I want to be a postal worker, but I don't I I get angry and I when, when I have a stupid boss and I think you moron, <laughs> you are, <laughs> you ought to know better than this. And I really do do better on my own. I do and I'm not good at it. I'm not a very good business person. I am learning as I go, but it. But um, and and some days I'm terrified. But I really do better not having people tell me what to do. I have to say, one of those bosses was at one point my husband, who was the chairman of the department, and I thought, and he, and he pretty much, you know, when you. A lot of times when you're teaching in a university, once you go in that door and you close that door, all bets are off that is your class- that that was always my classroom yeah and and it it was sacred, so nobody really bothered me when I was in my classroom. It was when I had meetings that I had to go to or I had you know these sort of bureaucratic responsibilities. I just just didn't have any patience for it.
0: (laughs) Uh, Why do you think you do better on your own? Hmm, I,
1: I don't know. It's not that I'm not a team player. I'm very much a team. I'll tell you what it is. I'm very much a team player. I'm very much a collaborator. Yeah. Oftentimes what I find is people don't know how to be good leaders and they don't know how to be good bosses. Yes. And I uh, and I have struggled with that. Mm. And when my husband was the boss, I could go home at night and say, "Listen, you do that to me again, <laughs> I'm going to smack you upside the head." I, oh, I oh. wish I'd have been there in those moments. Yeah, that was very, very. <laughs> pri- it was a private moment, but um, you know, you can't do that when you're uh, to your department chair. <laughs> <laughs> We've got to play nice. We had to play nice in order to keep our gig. Right? Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm currently working at Drexel University where all the people, I'm telling you, are truly lovely. They're really lovely people. And we, we are true collaborators. I love working with collaborators. Oh, yeah, I do not like working for tyrants. And I've worked for several. Mm. Let's just nobody it, likes well, that
0: do they nobody, nobody uh, no no absolutely nobody likes that I think okay so I think this is a really good conversational point I think uh, you you know this is my perspective and I know I keep using that word a lot because I think this conversation is very deep here I think if you've been brought up in a home that your origin story is that style was maybe tyrannical yeah. You can be more accepting of it and you might not know for a period of time that things can be different for you. Um, or if you've been somebody like me who was brought up, where well, you stand up for yourself and you're only going to get what you want by standing up from yourself at a very, very early age. Um, I think that's why me, I personally don't tolerate that style of leadership very well.
1: I think that's interesting because I did grow up under tyranny, mm. and um, and it was hard for me, and I could not wait to get out from under it. Ooh. It was, it yeah, it was hard, and I and I, but, but and my father would say to me, and he he was he was um, difficult, but he also said to me, Don't forget. You're a web, and nobody treats webs like that. But of course, that was the message he was giving me. And yet, he was treating me harshly. He treated yeah. everybody harshly. Um, and I think he allowed himself to be treated that way.
0: Yeah. Those origin stories, aren't they, Darcy? And I think, yes. yes. I think if, you know, no, having experienced, having had so much experience, Darcy, you know, we, are both probably seeing people come to the table with their origin stories. Mm-hmm. And you especially will hear those origin stories and people speak about on stage that their work is to change their origin story and move into a different space and let that be the gift. What is it like for you helping somebody who is moving away from their origin story when they're being on stage?
1: It is a privilege. Yeah to be able to witness that, to witness their courage to, it takes a lot of courage and a lot of vulnerability to, to do that. And I, I, I think of one man in particular that I worked with, where he came from a, a, a cultural background that was where people are repressed That's a cultural and religious background where people didn't speak their truth. They just always did what everybody did before them. And what was happening in modern society was bad. It was just bad. So you didn't go there. And this man had the courage to step out of his tiny community, his his culture, because he wanted to learn how to speak his truth. And he was quiet, and he was very shy, and he was very humble. And that first time that he stood up and he um, opened his mouth, and he said his truth, and he said what was important to him, it was extraordinary, and he never went back. He's still doing that. he's still learning he's and he and he's and he's bringing people along with him wow. that that was his task that was his job. that was what he really wanted to do was he wanted to help other people like himself mm-hmm. and he got out. Mm. But but you can hear that to be able to witness that with my ears to hear that transformation in the voice when you know that that transformation in the voice is also transforming the heart. That's. That's a privilege to be able to witness that and help that because I
0: had people helping me do that. Yeah, that is a real Oh, that took my breath away when you said that Darcy. and I think you you must have had so many experiences like that but like that you you know you can tell that one person has left this huge mark on your life
1: he really has he yeah really, he really has and I've
0: had a, I've had a lot you know I've I've, I've had a lot
1: but I, I will always remember him
0: Mm-hmm. So those moments that that you, you come across those people in your career that uh, you know it's pivotal for them, and I'm hearing it was a really pivotal moment for you as well as a mm-hmm. as a as a collaborator, as a teacher, as a guide. Yep.
1: Yeah. Yes. It's an honor.
0: Ugh. So let's talk now about you've talked about your st- your stop, you've talked about your pause, and then you've got in the think. So you were telling me in the think that. You can get in those moments where you just can't get up. You've had this moment where you couldn't get off the couch.
1: Yeah.
0: And you just lay there thinking, and when I read these words, Darcy, I was like, wow, truth bombs. You lay there thinking, I'm a utter failure. uh uh-huh. And have- what happened next? Tell us what happened next. What did you do next?
1: I mean, I, well, I was, I was beyond... I, it was actually one of my darkest times. I'm thinking about the, the this one moment in particular a couple of years ago, and I just I feel, it feels like I'm going like I'm Alice going down that rabbit hole. It's dark, 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 and I never see the end. It's almost as if my brain is closing in, and I'm seeing black. But I this particular moment, I told myself, "You've been here before." And you got to pull your, and I called my husband who was working out of town at this point, because I thought, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to call my husband. I'm going to call him and he's going to, he's going to help me. And he's his hands were tied. I mean, he was just, he was incommunicado and he was far away. And I thought, well, you got to do this on your own, baby. You got to pull your, I, pull yourself up. We don't, we, this is what we do in our family, my family of origin. <laughs> yeah. Use it, pull yourself up, drag yourself over to your desk and gather your helpers. And that's what I did. I had an online therapist in a couple of hours. I had my, um, my, the, 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 the women who were, you know, kind of like my, my coaching group or my mastermind group, um, my chiropractor, I had another chiropractor, an NET chiropractor. I was pulling everybody together to get me back up on my feet. And sometimes we really need that. We need each other. And I'm so used to thinking I have to do this all by myself. And I think a lot of us are. Yeah. That we just we're we're a failure and we got to get it together and and pretend not to be a failure. Mm-hmm.
0: Oh, well. I, I can so. And when I was thinking about this, what I heard is you gathered your tribe.
1: Mm-hmm. But
0: interestingly, you talked about, uh, in you know, a few moments earlier, you talked about, you know, my my origin story is. Come on, you got to get up and get on with this.
1: Mm-hmm. But
0: then you inserted another piece of the toolkit. You got up, but then you gathered your tribe. And is that something you recognise that you've done from by nurturing yourself? away from what has been your origin story, Darcy.
1: Yes. Oh, yes. We did not ask for help in my family. This is my mother's favorite. This actually is my favorite line from my mother. She'd say, oh, for God's sake, slap on some lipstick and get your ass out the door. (laughs) So on one hand, there's some great wisdom in that. Yeah. Sometimes that's what you have to do. Sometimes if you can't, you have to have support. You have to have help. And I didn't have that when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. I didn't have that as a young adult. And by the time I got to be a young adult, I just just, I just assumed I had to do this all by myself. And, and of course, you look out and everybody else looks like they have their acts together, right? And they, they you know, they look very successful. Well, they're, they're having similar struggles. We just don't recognize it. And I, and I just kept pretending I'm not a failure. I'm not a failure. I'm not a failure. But when I admitted that I felt like a failure and there was, I, I just knew that I could pull my people together and help me get on my feet because I knew in my heart of hearts, I wasn't a failure. I had, I had things to do and I had gifts to share and I needed those people to help me get back up.
0: Why, why do you think every now again that tripwire of a message come in about you being a failure? Have you got any idea on that?
1: Well, sure. It's again, it goes back to um, the way we were raised and and who we were raised by. Um, my mother always said you can't do that. (laughs) I would have, you know, ideas that I thought were great ideas.
0: And she would say, you can't do that. I have to tell you a little story at this juncture, Darcy. I wanted to tell you about this last year and I didn't have the guts. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for having the guts now. Tell me. When all the rest of the world can hear it. So, I was in high school and I was given the part of Tobias in Sweeney Todd the Barber. Mm -hmm. So, are you familiar with that part?
1: Yes, I am.
0: Yeah. And so I was like, oh my gosh, this is really big. And, you know, we'd started singing lessons, you know, and I'm like, I can't sing. And I remember going in the door and running away, oh my God, I've actually been given a part in this school production. I'm Tobias. And the words were, Well, you can't do that. Yeah. So I'd gone from self-belief, 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 joy, excitement. Oh, I know it's going to be a bit tricky, you know, to be in your first singing lesson thinking, oh, but they were going, you're going to get this. You know, there's actually something there we can work with. Two, you can't do that. I'm going to give you one guess what happened at that point when I heard that. Oh, no, you didn't drop out, did you? I did. (laughs) Yeah. Of course, I I totally dropped out, and I—I don't think I ever stepped foot on stage ever again till I started speaking.
1: Wow! And you know, you are a very compelling speaker. One of the things that makes you so compelling is that you are charming, and you make such a connection with people. And you would have done that. Oh, as, a, as a singing actor
0: well I'm still I still claim I can't sing I was told you know by said parent well you can't sing you're flat as anything of course you can't do that <laughs> <laughs> well, can we're ridiculous well yeah isn't it interesting all these little origin stories that come back you know for just you know to speak about on stage that mm-hmm. demonstrate how we can utilize those stories to actually grow from even where we are today and by sharing those
1: stories not only are we growing but other people are are learning from them too and and what I say to people that I'm coaching is remember you are standing up in front of these people providing them with a mirror to see themselves, to see what they
0: have the potential to be. Yeah. Oh, I'm I'm getting really teary at this juncture because <laughs> I was I I when I you know when I look at you and how you coach a class, I'm always like, oh, when I grow up, I want to be Darcy. <laughs> you
1: know, when when I first started coaching at Heroic Public Speaking. I'd never really coached public speakers before. I had no idea what I was walking into. You know, they called me up through a mutual friend. They found me and, and I came in and I thought, well, I I don't know. I don't know what these people need. So I'm just going to do my thing. And it, it was, I think that the, students were completely blown away because I was giving them theater games and voice and speech exercises that, you know, we've been doing in the theater for years and years. Um, but uh, I don't know. I I, I I just think that I kept on doing it because that is who I am. And it it's just seemed to... That's all people want, is they want your heart, you know. <laughs> yeah,
0: it's that heart, but I think you did something very, very interesting. I think you um you have the unique ability to free somebody up from the constraints that they have put on themselves uh, whilst giving them a really powerful path to follow for them and that path is different for every different person I've seen you work for work with
1: it is different for every single person even when and when when you saw me working there were people in your class from all walks of life yeah when I'm in a classroom with students they are usually actors but everybody learns differently and everybody is coming from a different place because everybody has a different origin story. Yeah. Yeah. So they're all learning differently. They're all feeling different things. And I want to respect that.
0: Mm. And that is the smart that that is that killer capability that you have for me Darcy is You know, taking all that greatness, almost like corralling it, but then releasing it out into the world to have this much bigger voice than it ever had before.
1: I'm really glad I came on here today. You're making me feel so
0: good. (laughs) 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 <laughs> it's all true it's all true so let's talk about you know we've talked about your stop pause and your think moment you now you've corralled your tribe you've brought your tribe together and you know i t- I, I always ask the question of what action did you take and take and you said i asked for help i asked you for help the letters <laughs> tell me in your moments where you know that you need to do some work you know in your down moments Um, do you have like a a, a set I call them toolkit I have a toolkit of things that help me do you have like certain tools that you know when you can feel yourself going Alice and you're sliding maybe down that hole do you you have like a toolkit that helps you recalibrate be in the moment you know not fight through it allows you to just feel the feelings but doesn't stop stop but, but helps you not slip off further down the hole what does that look like for you for me, it's just a tribe of people. It is it
1: right now. It is four extraordinary women, and and I know that I can go there and talk through what's ha- and sometimes it's really hard to talk through because some of these women are pretty accomplished, yeah. But they are also so loving and so understanding and so supportive. At, and and that's that right now is my is is what you would call my toolkit i call that my tribe uh, actually i call them my goddesses that's what Ooh, i'm yes. calling them um and you know those things don't last forever you know we 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 were meeting weekly now we're meeting monthly it's hard and so i think that
0: we,
1: we have to understand that we have to continue to create those things. We we need to continue to create community. When I'm not in community, I'm dead. When I am not in community with other people, I am I'm I'm not me and it's it things become very difficult and I think that's probably when I start sliding down my rabbit hole. Mm.
0: And I think now more than ever, you've just touched on something so important for this moment in time of recording in the midst of a pandemic that mm-hmm. I um I wrote like my, my learnings from lockdown. And I know this is a really big surprise for everybody. I'm deeply introverted, but I'm one of those introverted extroverts that can stand on stage and as soon as I finish, I'm sliding out the back door and I, you know, don't we re- <laughs> you know, don't need to socialize with you all. I'm 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 good to go home for a cup of tea. Um mm-hmm. But I think it's those moments where somebody like me, who I had to say to my friends, Darcy, I do lockdown really well. And I know I've started to do it too well. And you need to stop me and not let me do this. I oh. you need to make me be on these Zoom calls. You need to make me show up. And I know I need to take responsibility for my own actions. But that was my like toolkit, because I'm slightly, I can just I can just do lockdown on my own really well. And I think it's so interesting where you're going, I need my tribe, but how we both needed our tribes in slightly different ways.
1: Yes. Yes. I'm, yes. I'm surprised to hear that you are an introvert and can do lockdown really well. I have, my son is like that. He's having the time of his life. He doesn't have to rub shoulders with anybody. He's thrilled. i go out into, I go out and I take walks. One of the things that's so distressing me right now about wearing masks is that I can't connect with people. I can't see their smile. They can't see my smile. I can't see their eyes when they wrinkle to smile because usually they're wearing glasses or sunglasses. I have a really hard time with that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But I do go out for walks just so that I can see people and, talk to strangers. I mean, it's not like I'm standing there having a conversation, but you know, a passerby to say, hello, how are you today? Because we all, I think we all need that right now.
0: Yeah. And, and, you know, and I recognized that I needed to keep that skill going because if I didn't, uh, what would it look like? Well, it's not healthy, is it?
1: No, it's not. I, I don't think it's healthy. No, it's
0: definitely not healthy. I love that you are getting yourself out for walks. How often do you get yourself outside for a walk, Darcy?
1: Well, I make myself go out every day. I don't like cold weather. Mm. Um, and so I decided in the, at the beginning of September, I was gonna need to harden myself for the cold weather. So I started taking walks in the morning and then I started running. And I will do this almost every morning unless my body is saying, no, this is really not a good idea today. Um, Yeah, I do it. I do it almost every morning. And we have a, here in where we live in Philadelphia, in South Philadelphia, we have this kind of main drag called Pashunk, Pashunk Avenue with lots of little shops and the vendor's um, know each other and they know lots of people in the community. And though I don't go into the shops, they're often standing out on the corner. So I do get to see people from time to time.
0: Lovely. And all I heard is nothing like Darcy intentional getting her movement in. That's what I heard, which is the Darcy that I know and love intentional and purposeful (laughs) with her movement.
1: Yes, if I'm not walking, then I, I will be upstairs trying, trying not to let anybody see me dance. <laughs> I can do my interpretive dancing.
0: <laughs> I kind of think we need to see you on an Instagram story now doing your dancing. Maybe that oh. should be a thing. <laughs> Maybe that should be a thing. <laughs> it should be a thing. <laughs> it would certainly be authentic, but it would be awkward. Ah, oh. Darcy, as with Sliding into our final moments as we hang out together, what advice would you offer new and future leaders or business owners?
1: Be able to speak. Yes. Learn to speak. Learn to speak well. We all have to speak. Yeah. You know, when when we all think we can talk, right? We yeah. grew up learning how to talk, but we haven't learned how to communicate effectively. Sometimes it comes innately. Sometimes people just have it. Many times people don't, and they're frightened of it. And you don't have to be frightened. All you have to do is learn how to do it and practice. And then when you practice, practice is like, you know, practice will... You know what it's like to practice. You practice cooking, then you get really good at it, and then you feel cool in the kitchen. You practice your dance steps, and then you you feel good, like you can get out onto the dance floor and do things. That's what speaking is like. You just need to learn how to do it Yeah, and practice.
0: And practice. It it is, isn't it? I think so many people um, get displaced from their career of where they could be from actually not working on their speaking, whether it's in the boardroom, on the stage, or heading up a team, learning how to use language that collaborates and uh, body language that collaborates. So many people get stuck because they've not mastered that skill or known that that is a skill that will help elevate them to the next level. Well,
1: I think that's important. What you say, Joe, is people don't know that it's a skill. They think that they just talk. Mm-hmm. But then when they get in that situation where they have to really communicate an idea with intention and and with passion and with heart, and they, they really get tripped up, they don't know how to do it. Oh, yeah. Everybody can.
0: Everybody can. And I promise you, if you go and... Get some support and guidance from Darcy. It will change the way that you show up when you speak. That is something I can promise to you.
1: Thank you. And you know what? I think that's true.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Darcy Webb, thank you for being an insanely amazing guest. I knew you were going to be great. You will find all the details to how you can connect with Darcy in the links below. And I would highly recommend you go and have a look what she's doing. Darcy's work is game changing for anybody who wants to elevate their speaking in today's world. Thank you, Darcy.